This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, October 26th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. Again, a winning Monday. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with family portrait specialist, Jerem Jordan. Okay, Aubrey Reeves, who used to be the executive assistant of Dave Rose, she's now in med school. She tweeted something that uh, went BYU viral during the game. It's a stepbrother's pick, uh, but it's Zach Wilson and Dex Milne, and it's just awesome. It's just awesome because these guys have formed this uh, fantastic duo, and they're one of, it's one of the best combinations in the country, and uh, it, was, it was so good. It was so good. You got to go back and, and uh, check it out. But it was funny. And that reminds me of the picture you took with Jason, which some Utah <laughs> fans had fun with. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. Good grief. <laughs> the things we do to uh, get attention on social media. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe yeah, I wasn't a part was, of that. Maybe that one was unintended for social media. <laughs> Or, th- or you do it, and then you're like, oh, wow, that didn't turn out like right. I thought. <laughs> oh, jeez. Here's your Monday show lineup. ESPN's Trevor Maddich will join us once again for another Maddich Monday. How high is BYU in Trevor's rankings right now? Are they creeping closer to the top four? BYU into the top ten of the coaches' poll. What's the ceiling there and in the AP? Our less than powerful showing in prop picks, plus which Cougar in the NFL had the best weekend. There were ballers all over the field, former and current BYU players. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU improves to 6-0 for the first time since 08 after a 52-14 win against Texas State. Head coach Kalani Stocky says there's still work to do. Kalani? A lot of things are still fixed, so it was good, good, valuable reps for a lot, of, a lot of players that we may need to count on in the next couple of games. So we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. Zach Wilson went 19 of 25 for 287, four touchdowns in the win, through to just about everybody, which is our stat of the day. BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 14 different players caught a pass for BYU Saturday. This is believed to be a BYU record, 14. according to BYU Radio stats man Ralph Sokolowski. One catch by different players for every Texas State point. Including Zach Wilson. Including Zacharias. Philly special. Yeah, the Philly Philly special. Uh, BYU moves up a spot in the AP poll to 11th and 10th in the coaches poll. So BYU appeared to avoid the first wave of the Big Ten, right? But as we mentioned, Penn State lost at 8, so that helped BYU. It has been favorable for BYU in a weird college football season. Yeah, BYU took advantage of an unoccupied space. Now it's getting a little more crowded, but BYU's already near the front of the line. They climbed a spot, and frankly, I did not expect them to do so I in thought the they AP might, poll. I thought they might drop uh, initially. Sunday morning, I thought BYU might drop a spot. Too. Cougars in the NFL. Dirty Dan. Daniel Sorensen. Back-to-back weeks with interceptions, only this time a pick six in a dominating performance against the Denver Broncos. Fred Warner had his second interception of the season, this time against Cam Newton, and the Patriots were struggling. Seven total tackles and a 33-6 win against New England. Tony Romo (laughs) called Fred Warner the best backer in ball. How about that? The best linebacker in football. How about that? Wow. 
Warner leads the 49ers and tackles the season with 57. Jamal Williams in an increased role with Aaron Jones not available for Green Bay. 23 total touches, 114 total yards, and a touchdown. Solid. Sony Takitaki and the 5-2 Cleveland Browns in a 37-34 win over the Bengals. He had three tackles. And Taysom Hill in a Saints 27-24 win against the Panthers had one rush for six yards. Three pieces of men's hoops news reported by CBS Sports analyst John Rothstein plus the WCC men's basketball preseason poll and preseason team just came out literally hot off the press. So here we go. First, the Utah at BYU men's basketball game is still on. Yes. Will be played December 12th, according to Rothstein, the same day as the San Diego State regular season football finale. Now, that was the original date of that game as well. That could be a fun day. Second, BYU begin another two-game series with San Diego State, he says, this year beginning with a game in mid-December at Vieja. So, potentially two more non-conference games and quality ones. Schedule's getting tougher. And third, this is what I want in hoops. Third, the WCC is exploring playing conference games in a bubble in Las Vegas. The decision is expected in the next two to three weeks. I don't know how I feel about this. And last but not least, this just in the West Coast Conference men's basketball preseason poll is out. BYU expected to finish second. Uh, received one vote obligatorily from Mark, Mark Few because you can't vote for yourself. Everyone else voted for Gonzaga. Not a shocker. Number one team in the country. And uh, in the preseason player, uh, all preseason all WCC team, Alex Barcelo, is the lone Coog on the list. So not unexpected. No. I wouldn't expect uh, probably anybody else to be on that preseason list. Newcomers typically don't. Like a like a Matt Harms or a Brandon Averitt or yeah, a Richard and Matt Harvard Harms or, with the with the right stats and the right season could I think be the defensive player of the year, maybe the newcomer of the year. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited to watch it. Speaking of BYU basketball, former star Yoli Childs made a strong impression in an interview with the New York Knicks. This according to Ian Begley. The Knicks, keep in mind, haven't been above 500 since 2013. When did you see that playoff game in MSG, by the way? Maybe around then. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, that might have been the last time they were anything close to decent. I can't remember. <laughs> Child's projected to go early to mid-second round in the NBA draft, according to some experts. Draft scheduled for November 18th. Yoli and the Knicks? Hey, just get in the league, right? Just get in the league. Get in the league. Yeah. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU 6-0 for the first time since 2008. As we just pointed out, number 10 in the coaches poll, number 11 in the AP poll. Jerem, things are going well for BYU football as they take down Texas State. In fact, so well that Zach Wilson continues to be in the Heisman race, and he doesn't hurt when uh, he does special things like this. Zach awaits a shotgun snap. Comes his way at his belt on a three-step. Between the tackles, steps up to the right and goes deep down the far side. It is Dax Mill makes the catch at the three-yard line and steps into the end zone with another BYU touchdown. Just a ridiculous throw right there. 64 yards. In the air. 64. Are you kidding me? Pythagorean theorem at play. I think we'll talk about that play forever with Zach Wilson. There was another fabulous play, arguably just as impressive in the BYU game, only it was on the defensive side of the ball. BYU gets into the end zone as a defense for the first time all season. I actually called it pregame. I knew it was going to happen. I texted Keenan Peely, said, hey, I got I to pick six for you. Um, told, told our videographer 
I'm gonna get in. Get, I'm gonna get in the end zone tonight. And then right before I went out that series, I, I looked at the defense. And I said, "Hey, we need like a sack, a turnover, a picks, a touchdown, or we just we suck. Like, we we need something big." And it ended up happening. Pick six, first of the career. Love it. Isaiah Kafusi with the pick six, calling his shot. Yeah, and if you missed it, it was incredible. Like just Nakua Warner Boise State esque, fifteen sixteen. Jerem, what was the better play in your mind? Mm. A play that you're going to talk about forever with Zach Wilson and Dax Milne or just an incredible effort by Isaiah Kafusi to find the end zone on the pick six? Let's, let's watch Kafusi's magic here. Oh, just avoiding guys left and right. Woo! Oh, so good. And the fact that he calls it is pretty awesome. Oh, man, I, I have to pick between these two? I don't, I don't know that I really can, but I'll, I'll pick one. Listen, Isaiah Kafusi's run's incredible. I don't want to underplay that at all. It's Zach Wilson's throw. For me, if I have to pick one, 64 yards in the air. He's not, he's not chucking it as far as he can, by the way. He's li- literally just kind of hops into it a little bit and throws a little bit off platform, and he throws it 64 yards in the air. I mean, this is stupid. It's stupid good. And, yeah, I'm telling you, he does not preload that thing for as far as he can. That is, a, that is probably an 80% throw for Zach Wilson's capacity. They're just, hey, I see you. Yeah. What and, the heck is Texas State secondary thinking at that point? There's no way he's going to try and find the soft spot on the opposite corner of the field. Right. Who throws that ball? Like, you know who throws that ball? Top 10 Heisman finalists throw that mm. ball. And that's what Zach is pacing for. Is, is the first time since 91 that a, a BYU player is a top 10 finalist in the Heisman. So, yeah. And what Isaiah did was incredible. And the context of he's texting Keenan Peely, who was the co-leading tackler on the team, by the way, prior to the game. He's uh, calling it to Kiwi, uh, the videographer, right? Syrian Giroux. And then he's saying to the sideline before he comes up, are you kidding me? That's awesome. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I, thought, I thought his quote was very telling. Uh, if we don't do something right here, we stink. That's <laughs> <laughs> not what he said, but yeah. <laughs> I think the Isaiah Kafusi play is a better story overall based on everything you just presented, calling your shot, all of the facts. Maybe Zach did too, but he didn't up. tell us. The Zach Wilson throw will be the most remembered play from this game because that's a throw that's going to show up on every single NFL draft show leading up to the time Zach decides to enter the league, whenever that is. That throw will be in every Zach Wilson highlight reel so for the January rest 11th? of time until he gets into the NFL. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that was unbelievable. Just It seemed easy for him to just little – Hop and then 63 yards on a dime. How far can Zach Wilson throw the ball? 75 yards? I, yeah, I don't know. And and that is a, a question from some NFL scouts. It's like, all right, do you have the NFL arm? And the, and I think the answer is yes. NFL right? arm that! Right? And he needs to continue to do that opposite hash and blah, blah, blah. He's been doing that. It, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Joe Theismann tweeted <laughs> during the game, Zach Wilson, BYU's QB, has excellent arm strength, terrific touch, and it's really accurate. He's just fun to watch. He's making all these throws that, yeah, just he, – he had this one throw in the flat on the left uh, where he put some touch on it. He saw a linebacker there, and he kind of pumped and then just threw it, like, kind of high up and over. And I thought, how many guys have just zipped that in there? Because you know what really annoys me from the past is when a guy with, like, John Elway and Dan Marino is like, dude, these guys just throw it so hard. It's like, if you can't throw a catchable ball, who cares? Now, in the case of those guys – they were obviously two of the top ten NFL quarterbacks. Trying of all to time. fit it into small windows, but the, and that's different to me. The of the 
oh, he throws it hard. Who cares if he can't catch it? Like, you know what's great? A catch. You know what's not great? An incompletion. So just make it work. And there was a time, even, even Jake Keeps here in the beginning, right? He had, a, he had a tough time with touch. It's like, when should I throw the bullet? Because there's a time and a place. And when should I put it in the, in the right spot? And Zach's just making, his decision making is just incredible right now. He's not making a ton of just like, whoa, throws. He is a totally different dude from the first two years. And I'm not talking his hands good, his shoulders good. I'm talking when he throws what and where and why. It goes back to what Steve Young was telling us last week. Zach Wilson is playing in the moment. Everything is slowed way down for him so that he can make that decision. It's a split-second one, but it's slowed down. So it's like, oh, there's a linebacker there. I'm just going to, you know, calmly lob this ball over him, and uh, we're going to get 20 yards on the play, and and it's going to be okay. He's in the moment. Yes, and part of the reason it's slowed down is because physically those defenders are slower (laughs) than what BYU would have played with four power fives, three on the road. He seemed pretty uh, to be working pretty well against a fast Houston defense, though. Yes, totally. But he he could load up on Houston, you know what I mean? Like, when you're playing four in a row, every game is Houston-ish, and that's harder. Yeah, last year, Zach Wilson's best game to me still, still, is USC last year. The way he controlled and, and helped BYU win that game. And he didn't win in overtime, but he got the lead late. They make a late field goal. His decision-making was so good against quality competition. Tennessee, Zach didn't play a great game leading up to the last drive in the 64-yard throw. The 64-yard throw is, uh, that play is the, well, that, it, was, it ends up 64 yards, but it's not a 64-yard throw. Um, that he played well when he needed to play well to get that win, right? But the way he's playing right now against this competition, incredible. Like, he's doing what he needs to do to be, make BYU relevant, make BYU 11. Stay in the Heisman Trophy. Oh, by the way, the defense is just unbelievable still. <laughs> BYU's fake punting up 35 in the fourth. We'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> but, oh, man. <laughs> BYU uh, rising in just about every possible poll and rating you can think of. So far, so good. Yep, they're up to 11 in the AP. AP poll. So what's the ceiling in the AP and then starting November 24th, the one that matters, the college football playoff poll? Jeremy, I think the ceiling is number five. Woo! 96 called. They think that's us. There is still so much football to be played between teams that are ranked higher than BYU against each other. Clemson is going to play Notre Dame. That's a Clemson win. Alabama is probably going to play Georgia again in the SEC championship. These conferences are going to cannibalize each other. Oklahoma State still has to play Texas and Oklahoma. You think that the Cowboys are going to get through that stretch? I don't. Cincinnati still has to play Tulsa, Houston, Memphis, UCF. Uh, yeah, they're going to lose. Are, are they going to lose? At There's least going once. to be so much movement above BYU still because those teams are playing each other or they're playing the most difficult portions of their schedule. Ohio State plays Penn State this weekend. Is there a chance that Penn State wins that game? Yeah, it's not high, but it's at Penn State, and they're probably really angry and really focused after losing to Indiana. So I wouldn't be shocked to Who see that game. Who Indiana in football? Well, Indiana's ranked 18th You already did in 79, I guess. Wisconsin 18. is good. Hopefully they'll have Indiana's their Indiana's 18th. This is such a weird it's, year. It, just, it really is. That's why. It's such a weird year that I think the ceiling for BYU is number five. If they keep winning and now they beat a ranked Boise State team, Boise State needs to beat Air Force. BYU fans, you need to cheer so hard for Boise State to win in a place that they typically don't play well, Colorado Springs. Beat Air Force, be ranked, 
that game, all the hype, Jerem. All the hype. We already feel it. We already feel it. I don't even know who BYU plays this week. I just know they play Boise State next week. On Friday, November 6th. Does no. B- who does BYU play? I have no idea. Who is it? BYU keeps winning, Jerem. Come on. And they beat Boise State. Why wouldn't they climb a size number five based on just the attrition that's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's seven. I see your argument. Yeah, like if a bunch of these teams lose, yeah, why, why wouldn't BYU just kind of slide up there? Here's the thing you're not accounting for in the back end of that is who could jump up that we don't see right now. Like if Wisconsin keeps winning, let's see if Graham Mertz tests positive. That's Otherwise, he's thing. out for 21 days. Yeah, I just mentioned it. He might be yeah. up for three weeks. Right. Um, yeah, who, who may jump up that we aren't thinking about from behind? Because Oregon. the good thing about BYU's schedule is, obviously, there's a chance BYU wins all of these games. Boise State is the one in question. San Diego State, like a little bit, but not a ton. Obviously, BYU is going to be Western Kentucky and North Alabama, we think. But the teams behind BYU that may be in a situation where all, they may not be undefeated, but they may have one loss, and then if they, if they beat a top 15 team, boom, they rise up. Like Indiana went from literally, do they even have a vote to 18th? So there may be that kind of jump as well behind. But yeah, five would be unbelievable. Then BYU's literally knocking on the door of the college football playoff, which I still don't believe is a realistic thing. I don't believe a non-power five is going to get a bid to the playoff you believe it's anytime they, soon. Do you believe it's realistic they could knock on the door? Sure. But, uh, yeah, we've been talking about whether they yeah, get in or not, and the answer is no. But can they knock on the door? Sure. If BYU's undefeated, there's going to be a discussion about them, just like there was a discussion about UCF. Like, oh, should they be in the playoff? It was like, no, they shouldn't be in the playoff. But – they're knocking on the door. It's just I, such a I, weird I don't year. answer the door every time someone knocks, by the way. It's such a I, weird I got a year. camera where I can see who's on there, and I go, eh, BYU schedule. No, I'm not opening. <laughs> like, win all the games. That's all BYU can control. But no, they shouldn't be in the playoff. Man, what if there are a bunch of two lost teams? That's the thing. <laughs> there, yeah, there could be, but there never are. There's always enough one-loss teams. All right. As Jerem mentioned, and uh, we mentioned, for that matter, a few times, BYU knocking on the door of the top 10, according to the AP, in the top 10, according to the coaches' poll. Our question of the day, where do you think BYU's ceiling in the national polls will be, and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Vaca by April, or is it Vacay by April? Probably Vacay. I don't see BYU moving any further up in the poll than number 11 because of BYU's soft schedule. But it is 2020, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see some crazy losses from Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State. I would. I would. Fingers and toes all crossed. Those teams are clearly better than everyone else in their league and the whole country. But you never know. I don't see Clemson, Alabama, or Ohio State losing. No, but I see Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Probably Florida again. Yeah. Like, what if Cincinnati? Or- if Oregon rents the table, they're going to be right there as well. Yeah. Does a 6 and 1 Pac 12 team trump a 10 and 0 BYU team? Because that's the, that's the type of reality yeah. that we're going to be looking at if BYU goes undefeated. Right. And then the Power 5 schedule all the way versus zero Power 5s will be a conversation. But if you're BYU, just win the games. Just win the games. Coming up, should Kalani Satake be apologizing for Ryan Rico's fake punt? And ESPN's Trevor Maddich. It's another Maddich Monday. How high does he think the Cougars can legitimately climb in the rankings? This is BYU Sports Nation. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coordinators Corner is on the BYU TV app today. Following BYU San is Greg Rebell talks with offensive coordinator Jeff Ryan, defensive coordinator Lisa Tuiaki about Texas State and Western Kentucky right after us. One Beat the Hilltoppers. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom for another Maddich Monday is national champion and ESPN College Football Insider Trevor Maddich. Trevor, a lot of good things happened for BYU on Saturday night. What was the most impressive thing that stuck out to you? Well, most people are pointing to that pass over 60 yards in the air that Zach Wilson flicked across his body effortlessly for a touchdown to Dax Milne on the left. That was an amazing throw, and people are still talking about it. They will for a long time. The thing that I liked the best was Isaiah Kafusi's pick six. The way he ran the ball was like he'd been a running back all his life. When offensive guys came in to try to tackle him, he held that ball high and tight. Then he cut. Other guys would try to strip it. He would cover it up with both hands, and the thing is, Most of the time, if a running back covers it with both hands, he can go straight, but he can't do much else. Kofusi was going sideways and making a cut with it covered with both hands. That was an amazing run for that pick six. What's incredible with that as well is that he actually called it. He said he texted Keenan Peely, who was out for the game, hey, I got a pick six for you. He told the BYU football videographer. um, He said to the sideline before the drive, hey, I got a pick six right now. So uh, that's pretty incredible. Did you ever call out that the offense would do something and then you did it on the field? No, we didn't need to because we know we were going to do it and everybody else did. It would have been redundant. <laughs> Although, let me, let me add this about that pick six. I love this. Uh, Daw was chasing the quarterback to the right sidelines. So he has big number 99 all over him. In front of the quarterback so he couldn't turn up was Kairos Tonga. So he had Daw in his ear hole, Tonga in front of him looking hungry, and the least of his worries was Isaiah Kafusi down the field. So those guys ought to get about three on that pick six. Oh, fantastic stuff. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. You've already answered the uh, question that we talked about in the initial block of what the better play was. Does BYU as a team now, with that effort uh, against Texas State, deserve to be a top 10 team? They are in the coaches' poll, just outside in the AP poll. I think they're playing like that. They're taking care of business. They're doing everything they can do with what they're presented with. And they're doing it in a way that a top 10 team would do. Keep in mind that Clemson struggled in the first half against uh, Syracuse. This last week. As a matter of fact, Syracuse often gives Clemson fits, almost beat them a couple of times. And then they come back in the second half. They do better. They pull away. They assert their dominance. So, you know, it's not like every top 10 team always dominates every game, but for the most part, BYU has been performing in dominating fashion like a top 10 team should do. Where's the ceiling for BYU? We, we discussed our opinions, and I think BYU probably around seven feels like the ceiling. The ceiling in the polls is not dependent on them as long as they take care of their business. And by the way, that is important, and it's hard. They have a lot of hard football to play and hard games to win before they'll get to that point. But assuming that they're able to do that, I think – it's what the voters think and it's what people do in front of them. Keep in mind that Georgia has a chance to pick up a second loss to Alabama. Uh, Texas A&M is up there. They have a chance to get knocked out. There are teams in there above BYU that very well could cannibalize each other and open the door. 
And so that's what their hope is to continue to rise in the polls. They don't control that. But I think from the outside looking in, what we have to look at is not just what they do, but what other teams do. Because I think the respect that BYU has garnered among broadcasters, pollsters, everybody else out there, college football fans, is that if they got to seven or even six, if they continue to play like they are, nobody would say, yeah, they don't deserve that. BYU seemingly survived the Big Ten influx with Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan, among others. Of course, you know, it does BYU a favor when Penn State loses, but do you think that the Cougars are through the woods with the Big Ten teams? You know what? I think they kind of are. You know, on the one hand, a lot of voters in the AP poll were not voting for Big Ten teams until they played. That's why Ohio State was at six. Now they've moved up from there. But at the same time, they will have to play each other, a lot of them. Certainly, if Wisconsin carries on to the Big Ten championship game, they'll have to play somebody there. Penn State's already lost a game, and there's a chance they could beat Ohio State. So right now, the unknowns are less than the knowns. Now the Big Ten has to play its season out and see if they will cannibalize each other. BYU's hoping to go 10-0, and but here's the situation. We've talked about it. Spencer brought it up that BYU will only play one game between when the college football playoff rankings come out, November 24th, right after BYU plays North Alabama, probably live on BYU TV. It's going to be against San Diego State on December 12th. Yet a lot of the Power 5 leagues are going to play meaningful late games, a lot of ranked matchups probably. Does BYU need to add a game of significance November 28th or December 5th to ensure the possibility of a New Year's Six invite should BYU be undefeated? Or do you think at 10-0 they would be okay? It would help if they could add a game or two. And the, the thing they're going up against is that group of five and power five teams are in conference championship races at that point. The Power Five won't add them because they've got limitations as to what they'll do. There may be some possibilities in the group of five of teams that are ranked high enough that they would like to have their schedule bolstered by playing BYU. That might open up a possibility. But again, that goes to what the conference bylaws are and what they're allowed to do. There are some independents that could pop in there. There there are possibilities. But when it comes down to it, I think that the more BYU can play in dominating fashion, the better it will be because right now, Is it possible to get to the playoff? A lot of people are talking about that. Without regard to whether or not they're good enough to be in the playoff, I think that getting to the New Year's Six would be an amazing, astonishing accomplishment. I mean, think about it. Even when BYU won the national championship, they didn't play in what we would consider a New Year's Six Bowl. That would be a phenomenal feat. And I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Homo, the athletic director, is trying right now to put some games into those empty spots. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, The question for us now is looking at what UCF has done in the past, run the table, been perfect, not been in the college football playoff. Will a non-Power 5 team ever really be in the discussion? And is it 2020 because of all of the weirdness? You know what, Spencer, I think that 2020 could have been the year, would have been the year, had the Big Ten and the Pac-12 maintain their position of trying to play football in the spring. That takes two Power five conference championships out of it. So you've got three conference champions that'll probably be in, and then you've got that fourth spot. And that opens the door to all kinds of possibilities. But the Big Ten coming back and the Pac-12 coming back makes it difficult. Now, the Big 12 has really done itself no favors because 
Oklahoma and Texas have got, I think, both two losses now. Oklahoma State is still undefeated, but they still have to play Oklahoma and Texas. So I'm not sure that the Big 12 champion has the inside track to get to that fourth spot. But there are still the Pac-12 and the Big 10 to have to deal with. And keep in mind that you could still have a one-loss non-champ out of the SEC. That could make it as well. All these things create the same traffic jam that group of five and non-power five teams have had to deal with since the playoff came into existence. Boise State looked pretty good in uh, week one, a 42-13 win over Utah State, now ranked number 25 in the AP poll. We knew that'd be a big game no matter what, November 6th, but uh, this could be a a matchup of two ranked teams that could help bolster BYU's schedule. Of course, the toughest game left of the four. Right, and this is massive. I mean, BYU would need to win that game, and that is a tough game to win. I mean, let's not assume that that's a win for the Cougars. That That will be sweat and blood and tears and pain to be able to win a game like that. It would be the same thing for Boise State, by the way, if they win. But this is nobody's pushover. But because of that, I think the voters will have a chance. The college football playoff committee will have a chance to see BYU in that kind of a situation against a ranked team that really could beat most teams in the country. How does BYU do in a situation like that? And if they're able to come out and look good and win that game, it gives them something in their resume that they don't have right now. And so it's promising. Now, they've got to get past Western Kentucky first. They need to be thinking about that game, and not even that. They need to be thinking about what's the, the first play in that game. Not even that. What's the next rep in practice that's in front of us this week, today? That's what they need to be thinking about inside the building. But from the outside, as we look at that, If BYU is able to beat Boise State, and if Boise State wins out and becomes Mountain West champ, that will be a notch in the Cougars' belt that will give them a much better case to sneak into that New Year's Six and maybe higher. We'll see. Trevor, let's finish with this. Who's your top four right now in college football, and how far is BYU outside of that top four? My top four right now is uh, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and number four, Georgia. I'm not sold on Notre Dame right now like a lot of people are. I'm still worried about their downfield passing game. Against Pitt on Saturday, they had a lot of yards, a lot of long touchdowns, but some of the biggest plays in the passing game happened on poorly thrown balls because of pressure that the secondary just wasn't good enough to make a play on. A playoff caliber secondary would have picked off some of what became touchdown passes for Notre Dame. So I'm not ready there. The But as far as the top four, those are the top four. And uh, what was the second part of your question? Well, how far outside is BYU? Oh, BYU, I've got right now at number seven. I've got Notre Dame ahead of them. I've got Oklahoma State ahead of them because they beat Iowa State. And BYU doesn't have that notch on their resume. And so that matters to a degree. But that's where I've got them. I've got them right now at number seven. Trevor, great stuff. Always nice to catch up with you on Monday. Things are still rolling in Provo. We'll do it again soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich of ESPN on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Seven. Woo! That's the magic number for me. I, I think that's probably as high as it gets given the schedule. And that probably happens after Boise State if BYU wins that. And, again, chips fall the, the right way with certain teams losing. Like, if Penn State doesn't lose, if Indiana doesn't have that miracle two-point conversion pushed into the pylon, it's good, it's in – then maybe BYU stays at 11 this week. But uh, they survived the initial wave in the Big Ten, so that's good. Okay, coming up, potato or tortilla chips? Bull projections on the way. Hmm. And which Cougar in the NFL had the best weekend? 
There were some plays, man. This is BYU Sports Nation. Hope it's not this again. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Tuesday, tomorrow on BYU Football, it's playing Stocky. The coach recaps the Texas State win, previews a Hawaii, uh, Halloween tilt with Western Kentucky. Isaiah Fusi's in the film room, and freshman tight end Isaac Rex, perhaps he'll cabbage patch on the show. He's the player guest. It's tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Isaac Rex, very entertaining, wears a headband, and uh, pulled down the Thighmaster touchdown against Texas State on Saturday night. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. The whip will have to wait a moment today because we have an in-show news update. Jerem, take it away. November 21st, as I've been saying for about, I don't know, what is it, October? Ten months or so. Predictably, but awesome, BYU TV will broadcast the North Alabama game on November 21st. At 3 Eastern time, that means countdown to kickoff at 2 Eastern and Cougar pregame live at 1 Eastern. So uh, BYU TV, we get uh, a game. So very exciting, November 21st, and uh, will be fun. Uh, I'll be joining the broadcast that day for the first time since 2011. So that will be, uh, well, that's probably not for me. That's for BYU TV. But yes, I'm excited to be involved in Countdown after producing it for a while. I'm not producing it now, but uh, I'll join you guys that day. It'll be great. Fantastic. Typically, November 21st would serve as the I don't know, home finale, but it's 2020, right. so it's kind December 12th this year. It's not, uh, yeah, it's not that uh, San Diego State will be there. It's yet. currently constituted. This is the penultimate game on the 2020 BYU schedule. Thank you for using that correctly. Will that Second change? Second to last. Will that change? Right. Will, Does it need to change? Will BYU add another game, and would it be at home? Remember, this is the uh, this is a season where BYU has seven home games. They've already got seven. Seven. Could they have eight? I don't know. Holy cow. Now it's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Jerem. Should Kalani Sitake have apologized for the Ryan Rico fake punt in the fourth quarter? I like that he did just to clarify that it was not his call. Because, you know, as a head coach, you want to say face. And I know he cares very strongly about how other coaches view him. And he wants... Kalani's a good person at his heart. This is why he kneels inside the five when he's blowing teams out. Full times, yeah. I think it is blown out of proportion a little bit, though. This is a college kid making a rash decision based on what I'm sure during the week was, hey, uh, if at some point you're punting and the defense shows you an opening, just go ahead and run, you know? It's the timing of it that's the issue. But I, I don't really blame Ryan for probably following what the coaches told him to be aware of earlier in the week. It's bad optics. Yes, he needed to apologize because up 35 running a fake punt, like people don't see the context. All they see is up 35 fake punt, right? So, yes, that Riley Nelson said it on BYU Radio in the postgame. He said that should have been locked, meaning even if you see it, kick it because of the situation. So who, who's, who gets the wheel of accountability blame there? I think, well, it's Rico and Kalani, <laughs> right? It's, yeah. And lesson learned. Yeah. What a weekend for Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Sorensen had a pick six as the Chiefs rolled through Denver. This is after a one-handed interception last week. Fred Warner picks off Cam Newton in a dominating 49ers win. Tony Romo dubbed him the best linebacker in football. And Jamal Williams goes for 114 total yards with a touchdown. Jaron, which Cougar in the NFL had the best Sunday? Jamal Williams had the best on-the-field performance, but the Tony Romo comment means that Fred Warner had the best time. Yes. When Tony Romo dubs you 
the best linebacker in ball. That's pretty And you're good. playing the Patriots, and you just intercepted Cam Newton. Uh, so much for Fred not ever being an All-Pro again. Like He needs to be All-Pro this year. Lock it in. Yeah, let's go. Lock that in. CBS Sports' John Rothstein reports that WCC is discussing a Las Vegas bubble for conference play. Do you like this idea? Not really, but if that's the only way that college basketball can happen, that's the only way that the West Coast Conference will do it, then sure, yeah, I'm on board. But I I don't like it. I would prefer that BYU gets to play conference games on their home floor. This has everything to do with COVID in the state of California and how it's being approached, right? I think we've proven with college football right now that, like, this can happen safely, right? So hopefully uh, we can figure it out and be able to play home games and road games like normal because right now that's the plan they're going to discuss this and figure it out in the next two to three weeks reportedly so we'll see what happens the california way nba insider ian begley reporting the new york knicks have interviewed and are impressed with yoli childs yoli as a nick yes or no no here's why there's a former BYU player that we said listen he'll make it work no matter where he goes it doesn't matter what the coaching situation is if you can ball you can ball I'm speaking about Jimmer Fredenzel. No, because if the situation's bad, and it is in New York, and by the way, the playoff game I did see was 2013, so that was the last year, then it's not a good situation. So I would rather have Yoli undrafted and find a better fit than drafted in the second round to the Knicks. Really? Yeah. Because it's a bad organization. Well, yeah. I mean, there are... Be the Jimmer example. That's, that's what I'm saying. No, that's, that's a fair point <laughs> in terms of the status of the organization, but... I'm thinking about Yoli just breaking into the league. You know, like, you want to get your foot in the door. If, if that's the way he gets his foot They'll in the door. They'll slam then... it on his foot. That's the issue. <laughs> he can, listen, the Knicks aren't the only team that's going to like Yoli, so I'm not worried about that. Okay, and last but not least, BYU Equipment tweeted out this week's uniform combo for Western Kentucky. Here it is. All white, pink accessories. Are you a fan of the, what they call the ghost look? Yeah, I like the all-whites. I think they're really clean, and I like that uh, BYU is honoring Breast Cancer Awareness Month as well, bringing uh, some attention to that. So that's I like it. Yeah, I like it too. The monochromatic look. That's mm-hmm. what's happening the last two weeks. Monochromatic. Yeah. Blue on blue, white on white. Yep. They're mixing it up. It's uh, something else to get excited I, about each week. I like the combina- different combinations. It's great. Coming up, who has BYU in a New Year's Six Bowl and who doesn't? And when you look at all the individuals voting and all of the metrics for college football rankings, it's a big difference when it comes to where to place unique BYU. So which is closest to accurate in all these polls? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join ESPNU Radio's virtual pep rally for BYU versus Western Kentucky, hosted by Nicole Auerbach and Ben Hartsock via Zoom on October 29th, 7 Eastern. For more info and to register, visit SiriusXM.com slash pep rally. Nicole will join us tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. There you go. Welcome back to the show live in Studio B. It is time now for Cougars. In the rankings, presented by Delta Airlines with the appropriately titled moniker, Keep Climbing. Yeah, because that's what yeah, BYU is yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. This is perfect. AP 11th in the coaches poll, number 10. The Bill Connolly S&P Plus, number 10. Sagarin, number 6, Jerem. But then there's the football power index from ESPN, 18. Mm-hmm. So which is the most accurate of the two extremes? Sixth in the Sagarin or 
FPI is 18th. In 2014, BYU was 19th at 4-0 after two Power 5 wins, right? Um, I would think that, so it'd probably be closer to the 18th in a normal regular season. But uh, BYU took advantage. They got out in front. Like I ran cross country for like one year in high school. I was the sprint out of the gate and then be slow later guy. That's what BYU did, right? They're going to slow down a little bit as the schedule. BYU has fewer games and fewer uh, you know, notable games later. Boise State, obviously, next week is massive. Well, it's natural as you climb higher in the rankings anyway, regardless right. of what's Your happening. Your rate of progression will slow down. Just, BYU, there's not much room to move. Right. So probably closer to the 18th. I don't, I don't think BYU is a top six or top eight team quite yet. Uh, but if you're undefeated at the end of the year, when the dust settles, BYU is going to be in the top 10. No, no. I, I'm going to take the regression to the mean here with the other polls. AP, coaches, S&P Plus, 10, 10, and 11. I think BYU is right in the middle. Technically speaking, 10 would be closer to 6 than it would be 18. So, yeah, probably lean towards the Sagarin rating. The football power index weights the schedule and difficulty of such really heavy compared to some of these other metrics and the human polls. So, like, technically speaking, they're closer to Sagarin, but I think BYU's accurate. 10, 11, yeah, I'll take uh, that. So the BCS had a formula mathematically back in the day. I want to see what BYU would be in the BCS. Ooh, Cougar stats. Yeah. Somebody uh, deep inside those numbers. Uh, can we can Or we get shallow. That? Just all, It's just data entry. It's not that complicated. <laughs> Do we still know the formula? It's, it's got to be out there somewhere, public, right? It's yeah. got to be out there. I explained there. it in a high school news article for the Grizzly Gazette in 01. It exists. I just can't remember. It's time for a little bit of overreaction Monday according to Bowl Projections. Yes, we are underreaction Monday. six games into the season if you're BYU, and the Cougars are all over the map <laughs> with bowl projections. Starting with ESPN, Kyle Bonagura has BYU in the Fiesta Bowl okay. against probably the Pac-12 champion, Oregon. That's fun. Then there's this. His colleague Mark Schlebaugh has BYU in the Potato Bowl against Hawaii. So that'd be a combination of the bowl game two years ago and the com- and the bowl game last year. Yes. And opponent. Opponent and uh, setting. Yeah. No thanks. Uh, CBS Sports, Jerry Palm. Not friend of the program. Based on a couple years ago, Brecht Armed Forces versus Cincinnati. Woo! Can you imagine BYU playing Cincinnati? The matchup Armed would Force, be awesome. It'd be a top 25 matchup. The matchup would be awesome. Unless BYU just totally tanks at the end. Okay, so here's the thing about Jerry Palm. He has Boise as a person? State. Oh. He has Boise State as the group of five representative there. I thought in a full schedule, I said months ago, I thought Boise State was going to be the best group of five team. But got, if since the, everyone in the AC would have to lose twice, I think. He's got Boise State making the run as the They don't G5 have a tough schedule besides BYU. It's winnable. All those games are winnable. Interesting. They're playing Division Plus One, right? Okay. So, funny thing is, college football news has the same matchup. BYU... Cincinnati, but in the Peach Bowl. So one has them in the New Year's Six. One has them in a New Year's Six game, the Peach Bowl. College football news. Yeah. I like the matchup. Do you like the matchup in the New Year's Six, or do you want BYU to play a Power Five? I don't care what the New Year's Six is. Yeah. I just, they could be like, listen, we're letting in grambling. Like, whatever. I don't care. Just get into a New Year's Six. Because that's not, BYU doesn't control the, we can't get so picky with like, what opponent do you want? Just get there. What? Come on. Our guy Bill Bender also chimes in on the conversation from the Sporting News. Gasparilla Bowl against Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. That's the worst one by far. Liberty, by the way, 6-0, two out of the polls. 6-0, two out of the polls. BYU 6-0, 
Eleventh. You think BYU Liberty is worse than BYU Hawaii in the Potato Bowl? You're right. That's worse. <laughs> I don't want to play Liberty though. I don't want to play Hawaii. Yeah. Oh. But Liberty's not going to finish undefeated um, because we look at schedules. They still have to they play, play Virginia State. Tech next they week, still have right? To play NC State and Virginia Tech. They play Virginia Tech, I think, next week. Wow. Look, I, Hugh Freeze is doing an incredible job at Liberty. They're not going to go undefeated. Right. They played Syracuse, who's like. Just one of the Awful. worst power fives. Syracuse might but, be worse than Texas State. I'm not kidding. I'm not Syracuse kidding. Syracuse might be worse than Texas well, State. I'm telling you, look at the football power index numbers, the SP Plus. Like, hey. Syracuse might be worse than that team. Yes. Yes. The Qs. Maybe they got a basketball game with the deal. But they're a power five. No, no, no. I, I know. Not all power fives are created equal. It's true, but it's hard to distinguish between them. Yeah. Okay, coming up. Today's Rise and Shoutouts crushed it. <laughs> Just crushed it. Yeah. Yes, they did. Uh, our prop picks, not so much. <laughs> those, those are haunting us to Uh-oh. a degree. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. We have what's called a podcast. You can download it wherever podcasts are found. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review you ever wonder what it would be like no. to listen to a show like this in, like, 2002 with all the terminology? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, podcasts. Like, what are they talking about? Oh, when I got back from my mission trip, my <laughs> sister's was like, oh, yeah, iPod, whatever. I was like, sorry, uh, what, is, what, is, what, is, what is iPod? What is a text message? That's so stupid. Why wouldn't you just call somebody on the phone? You got to pay a dime to send words? I, I thought bottled water was dumb in high school. <laughs> I was like, we're bottling it up? I can get it for free right there. Why would I buy it? My, how things have changed. That's cheap. (laughs) Two bucks. Okay. That said, uh, it's time that we dial in our prop picks, Jerem, for Texas State, as much as we might not want to because it wasn't good. I don't avoid negativity just because it's uncomfortable. Let's go. Jason with 17 points. You with 16, me with 15 going into the week. Number one, which BYU Cougar will be the first to score points against Texas State on Saturday? It was Lopini Catella, a four-yard rush at the 7.03 mark. We were all wrong. Yeah, I said Algier. Jason said Milne. You said Wilson! Yeah, Zach Wilson had a run near the goal, and I thought, oh, maybe. No, no. got tackled at 10-yard line. Number two, BYU have over under 353 passing yards. That was the average going in. BYU threw for 352, Woo! so it was barely under. And we all said under. Wow, one yard. One If yard. If BYU is one more yard. If Baylor Romney completes one more pick. Okay. One, one for two through two. Number three, Texas State will score over under 14 points. They scored 14. Ben Bagley nailing the number there. It's a push. Who cares what we said? Number four, will the BYU defense score? Isaiah Kabusi scored a pick six. We all said no. You, you gave and Isaiah then, another then, reason to be on his naughty list. And then... <laughs> You ruined his flag football game. You said the defense would score. He doesn't care about flag right, I'm kidding. Um, I said, but I think the defense will score, but it will be called back. No flag. There was no flag, <laughs> but it was it was a great play. Yeah, again, great I, play. seriously, that would have been worth three points, as Ben said on the show on Friday. That was if, a big one. Oh, the way it scored and a flag happened. <laughs> I must not have been listening, which is a pretty typical thing for me, uh, because that would have been something to take. <laughs> Losing one point versus gaining three? Oh, take that. Okay, and finally, how many teams ranked above BYU will lose on Saturday? I said two. You and Jason both said one. 
thanks to an unbelievable finish oh, between man. Indiana and Penn State that is going to be a controversy for the rest of time. Indiana is the one team to take down a team ranked above BYU. Only one, and it was barely. It was a two-point conversion, right? So you and Jason both get that. I thought there would be two. I thought somewhere along the line. Right. Oklahoma State. Or Cincy Miami, losing Miami, Virginia, SMU. which was a five-point game. SMU-Cincinnati. Cincy smashed SMU. SMU is kind of a pretender. Yeah. They, they, they struggled played, against Tulane. They played a close game with Texas Seven State. Seven-point game, Texas State. Yeah, yeah. 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 SMU, I... Now you think about that one, that, that one we if they, should have seen that one come. If they cheated better, like in the 80s, then they would be better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there, there, were, there were a bunch of close games, just didn't pan out. Yeah, so we didn't do very well on prop picks. Okay, update. But who cares? Jason's still in first place, 19 points. You're one point behind 18, and I am three points behind Jason with 16. Okay, our question of the day. Where do you think BYU football ceiling is in the polls? Ceiling is the roof. Where is it going to be? Thank you, Michael Jordan. In response, uh, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Joe Wheat 27. Hello, the Joe hype train guy. Wheat. If BYU takes care of business against Western Kentucky and then beats Boise State by 10 plus, blue goggle alert, nice. they can get up to number eight or so on their own merits. They will need help to get any higher, which in 2020 seems possible. Yeah, and that's your point. It's like, oh, they'll get the help, probably. It's so weird. There's yeah. so many high level games just naturally. Teams ranked higher above them are going to lose. Yeah, you'd think Notre Dame. Yeah, slide. Do they automatically slide past BYU? Uh, today's rise shout-outs are brought to you by Mountain American Credit Union. Guiding you forward, Zach Wilson. Another efficient game. Seventh game of 200-plus quarterback rating in efficiency, which ties Ty Detmer for the most in BYU history, not to mention the 64-yard throw, which is unbelievable. My rise and shout-out goes to Isaiah Kafusi for calling his shot, delivering on that <laughs> pick-six defensive touchdown. And we have a bonus rise and shout-out, Jerem. Yes, we do. Timmy Bates, uh, extraordinary employee in production, can do it all, oh. EBS, camera, directing. Uh, Timmy Bates and his wife, Michaela. Have uh, another child. Seven pounds, 11 ounces, 19 inches. Cyrus Leon Bates. Congrats, Welcome Timmy. to the BYU TV family, bro. And his t-shirt said, I am your father. Amazing, <laughs> amazing t-shirt. Star Wars. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guest. He's with us most Mondays. Trevor Maddich of ESPN. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU. For Jeremiah I'm Spencer. Shout out to Emma Hamuli. Hey, Coordinator's Corner's up next on BYU TV at Goku.